What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street. Horror for the casually obsessed. I'm John. I'm Kim. And we are here today with part two of 100% Cotton. We're talking about Dean Kuntz's Phantoms from 1998, starring our man, Liev Schreiber. Surprise, surprise. And, uh, you know, some other people like... Uh, Rose McGowan. Yeah, Rose McGowan, Ben Affleck, Oscar-nominated oh, right. Peter O'Toole. Like, there's a whole ben fucking... <laughs> Peter O'Toole? As a baby sheriff. Ba- he really looks like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Baby-faced Ben Affleck. This was that period where we were trying to make Ben Affleck an action movie star. It went okay. <laughs> they tried. Phantoms is a really strange movie. It's uh, supernatural in nature. It's kind of like a a cerebral version of The Thing. Uh, Sort of a small town just disappears one day, and we've got a a cast of characters that are trying to figure out what the fuck happened. It kind of gets a little Lovecraftian, but the real highlight is watching Leif Shriver just be a fucking psychopath in the whole goddamn movie. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if the monster made him psycho or he was just psycho to begin with, but we're going to debate it. (laughs) Yeah, and you know, just the same as last week, three good things. Number one, Leif Schreiber. Uh, I guess I can't say 100% cotton. He's not really cotton weary in this movie. but He's probably wearing cotton. 100% 100% cotton. <laughs> First good thing about this movie. Kim, number two, what do you got? Did we already cover this in my big spiel? Is it Lovecraftian madness? Is that number two? Number two, bakery scare. <laughs> oh my God. That's okay. We talk about that a lot in the episode, so we'll save that. There's a really good bakery scare. Uh, logically, makes no sense. Uh, cinematically, fantastic. I'm going to say good thing part three is this giant bug bird monster thing that is just... Eats people's faces and their brains in like a half a second. It's wild. Okay, but we're also going to do slash supervisor dog. Supervisor dog. <laughs> <laughs> the bad guy's got a watchdog and he's hot on the trail of Ben Affleck. But also not really hot on the trail at all. <laughs> no, nah, he doesn't really do a whole lot. He just intimidates them. <laughs> he's like the bouncer. He's yeah. like, mm. it's a nice town you got here. It'd be a shame if somebody ate everybody. <laughs> So those are three good things about Phantoms, three reasons why you, we think you should check it out uh, before we get into like really big spoiler territory with it. Uh, but Kim, before we kick off the episode, what's keeping you creepy this week? Well, we've pre-recorded this because we're moving right now. What kept you creepy a few weeks ago? <laughs> Uh, we just got back from the Overlook Film Festival in New Orleans, and uh, aside from eating all of the food... All of the food everywhere. Right? There are so many vegan po' boy options now. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, the po' boy options have improved. The The beignet options have not. <laughs> no, unfortunately not. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we saw a bunch of movies. 
I'm going to shout out to Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon. Right. Uh, Anna Lily Amirpour's newest film with Kate Hudson. Right. That was a surprise. I did not know she was in this movie. And she's fucking killing it. She is fucking killing it. It's, you know, it's barely a genre film, but it's it's hard to describe. It's a very hangout vibe movie, character fueled without being necessarily um, super plot heavy. But uh, I fucking loved it. Craig Robinson's a police officer. Yeah. He is, you know, he's Craig Robinson. He's consistent as all hell. And he, he gets a good amount of screen time in this. And he's fucking... Rat. Yeah, I think your your review on the website is great, by the way. you to, If you're listening to this, you should absolutely check it out. NOFSpodcast.com. Just search Mona Lisa on the Blood Moon. Uh, you described it as a feel-good movie for people who like feel-bad movies. Yeah, I left it being so like, oh, that was so sweet. Yeah, but it, it is kind of like you go through a ride through the dark side of town. And like at every turn, you expect things to go really, really bad. But shit just kind of works out. And like, yeah, you just you're just riding this New Orleans vibe going down the lazy river of life. I'm really just pulling quotes from your review here. But uh, but yeah, (laughs) it's was a huge surprise for the both of us. And yeah, I think it was probably my favorite of the festival. Absolutely. We also burying the lead a little bit here, I think, got to see a special advanced screening of Scott Derrickson's The Black Phone. Uh, We're going to leave this spoiler free. We're not going to give anything away, but we liked it. It was good. I quite enjoyed how much <laughs> denim there was in this movie. <laughs> there was a lot of denim. Uh, shout out to the mask. I know we've all been like, oh, the mask since we saw the trailer. But yeah, it's fucking good. Yeah, it's real good. It's also multiple masks. Like he's got bottoms that swap out for different facial expressions. Like he's a fucking stop motion animation character. Yeah, it's like he's a kinder surprise, which I don't think they have in the, in the States. But in Canada, kinder surprises have fun little toys that you build in them and you know if kinder surprises were sadistic a kinder surprise is uh for anybody unfamiliar is this giant chocolate egg and they're not a canadian thing it's a swedish thing right like i think so yeah it's dark it's it's milk chocolate on the outside white chocolate on the inside and then in the the yolk is a plastic little thing a plastic little tube that when you open it up has a toy that you build inside yeah and the metaphor is that the toy you build is the mask of a serial killer. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's coming out at the end of June. Uh, You know, uh, every movie that we mention here, we will have a review for on the website. Uh, So if you want to hear our full thoughts, the reviews are also spoiler free. We don't necessarily give anything away. But I mean, you know, if you're a big fan of Sinister and all you want. Yeah, I was going to say that. Right? Creepy 8mm footage, cool masks, and and kids that get put in peril, you're going to get it all here in the black phone. Also, just really super fun 70s aesthetic. If you like brown and orange, this (laughs) is your... Oh, also, all the kids, especially the the little sister of the lead, is so fucking foul mouthed. It's so great. (laughs) Just a just a fucking tornado of swear words and fists. That little girl. Another movie we caught was called Shaky Shivers. It's a teenage romp in the woods with quite a few monsters. Um, If you've seen the poster, it's got a very R.L. Stein vibe. Oh yeah. Fear Street, and it, it gets so monster-heavy. Special effects are fun. The leads, the two girls, are fantastic. They have a, they bring a lot of personality and a lot of character. It's definitely a good summer horror movie for uh, the coming-of-age crowd. Yeah, like an indie horror comedy. Um, perfect for, like, a backyard hangout, I think, or, or a sleepover. I think the tagline on the movie was, like, a monster comedy with werewolves, zombies, and ice cream. I think that's the tagline, <laughs> which 100% describes that movie. 
We also, okay, so we can report back a little bit here. We, uh, you know, mentioned in a previous episode that we were going to, that we were presenting the 70th anniversary screening of Bela Lugosi Beats of Brooklyn Gorilla. We had not seen it. We had known nothing about it. Uh, dis- the, other than the fact that Martin Landau described it as being, you know, it made, it made Ed Wood's films look like Gone with the Wind. And you know what? He's fucking right. <laughs> this movie was wild, and apparently the director is notorious for only doing one take for everything. Yeah, there was um, a lot of singing, uh, dancing, and impersonations. And then also some monkeys. <laughs> yeah. Bella Lugosi. And Bella Lugosi. Is there. Doing Dracula. Yeah, he's kind of playing Bella Lugosi. Like, the characters in the movie are like, hey, wait a minute, aren't you that Dracula guy? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Here, drink this potion. Bella Lugosi, as a mad scientist, cock blocks a dude by turning him into a fucking gorilla. And then that gorilla, to let everybody know that he's a human, sings a goddamn song. Oh, I fucking love it. Oh, what a wild movie. I think that's on Tubi right now. So if you want to check that out, I highly encourage you to. It's hilarious. It is a weird one. But horror-wise, new horror-wise, we also watched Carter Smith's Swallowed. Uh, Carter Smith is the director of The Ruins, a movie that we've talked about on the podcast. We fucking love The Ruins. I'm oh, sure so you good. love The Ruins. What a what a great little early 2000s body horror vacation movie. Uh, and, and keeping in line with body horror, he's got a new movie that is wildly different. Uh, it's not the fun plants are going to kill you kind of vibe. It's fun. <laughs> it's more of a, uh, you know, one night in hell kind of movie where these two characters get sort of tricked into smuggling drugs across the border and surprise, surprise, shit goes south real fast. Yeah, because the method, the method of smuggling is swallowing the drugs in a little baggie. So that's always scary. Yeah, so it clearly becomes body horror very quickly. <laughs> yeah, one of those bags breaks and it gets gross from there. Also features a amazing performance from Mark Patton, Nightmare on Elm Street's Freddy's Revenge Mark Patton, who's like a killer queen in this movie, you know, dynamite with a laser beam. <laughs> <laughs> He shows up like wearing a fucking leather fringe jacket. I was like, jacket. are we talking about the fringe jacket? <laughs> I mentioned it in my review. <laughs> Honestly, though, integral to the plot. I'll say that. It's not wrong of us to bring it up. Uh, but yeah, if you've been dying to see Mark Patton in a new movie, uh, keep an eye out for Swallowed. We've got more reviews of films we caught at Overlook Film Festival or that we're playing at Overlook Film Festival that we caught previously over at nofspodcast.com. Go check those out. Uh, support your local film street. Hell yeah. <laughs> but let's let's get into it. Let's toss you guys over to the trailer for Phantoms. Last night, something paid a visit to the town of Snowfield, Colorado. Hundreds of thousands missing. No bodies, no graves, no witnesses. We've always worried that the terror would come from above. What if it came from below? It's nothing. It's here. It's everywhere, all around us. dealing with here biological chemical or other i'm leaning toward other 
Phantoms, starring Leaf Schreiber, is currently sits at a 5.4 out of 10 on IMDb, 13% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 2.5 out of 5 on Letterboxd. What year is this film? 1998. Okay, 1998. So Almost the greatest year of cinema. <laughs> so that's what I was going to go into. So... I had never seen this film before. I had actually never heard of this film before. Which is um, a surprise. I had no prior recollection. Somebody wiped my memory, and I knew nothing about this movie. And somebody posted the poster on my Facebook uh, news wall thing, and uh, I angry texted John <laughs> a screen cap because I was like, how dare you have never shown me this movie? Because you're responsible for... Um, well, the content I watched. Well, and as the the household's only memory bank, <laughs> memory bank, sole Kevin Smith fan, it was a hundred percent my responsibility because, as any self respecting Kevin Smith fan will remember, Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms, yo. You know how many times um, I've heard that in the last week? Oh, people have said that to you? Yes. <laughs> Excessively. Love it. So if you follow me on social media, uh, I tweeted because we were like, well, I wasn't on a mad hunt, but I was on a hunt to watch this movie yeah. and we could only rent it from a- Apple and the purchase price was the same as the rental price. So we I was like, this I, yeah, now. I was like, I guess I own this movie, but Winding back around to the ratings, you can see on Apple the Rotten Tomatoes rating. Oh, no, you film, sure can. <laughs> and I saw 13%, and I clicked that buy button so fast. <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely going to be watching this over and over. I was like, oh, this is for me. We've got our money's worth already. We've owned it for a week. We've watched it twice. True. So true. So people were actually throwing the the Kevin Smith- Every single person that commented on that post, I swear to God. Way to go, everybody. everybody. I love it. Everybody. And then people were like commenting on the people that had commented on it, like, oh, I was going to do that. (laughs) Oh, you beat me to it. (laughs) But out the gate, not at all what I thought this was going to be. I didn't read any synopses going into it. I didn't know anything other than Lee Schreiber was in it, Rose McGowan was in it, and a baby Ben Affleck trying to be a sheriff was in it. Oh, man. There was a period where Hollywood just decided, you know, Ben Affleck is our Charlton Heston. He's our late 90s, early 2000s action hero guy. We're going to put him in everything, and hopefully it works. It's fucking crazy. He's in this. He's in the fucking, what, Reindeer Games, Pearl Harbor, Paycheck. He was in a shit ton of action movies. Almost none of them work. Yeah, he just looks too... Sad. <laughs> wow, he looks too sad. No, I mean, uh, too... <sighs> sad? No, sad's... I Not think frail, sad's but, like, easily breakable. Yeah, those <laughs> easily are... Easily injurable. Those are the characters that he plays. Yeah, he plays fragile, broken fragile. people. Emotionally fragile. Yeah, I guess it works in the town. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Ben Affleck's whole career. <laughs> uh, we're, we're just here to talk about Dean Koontz's Phantoms. Uh, you know, if you've ever read a Stephen King book, you've probably also had somebody recommend Dean Koontz to you. This is the only screenplay he's written of his own material. Wow. But it's like one of a dozen movies that have been adapted from his novels. Yeah, we were almost going to do uh, a Dean Koontz double feature, but... John very easily convinced me for the 100% cotton. Very, very easily. (laughs) Oh, man, it's the best angle. I'm so happy that this is how we've covered Scream 3. And now Phantoms. Phantoms was a big surprise for me also because I thought I had seen it. I guess I've just said... Yeah, and then 75% of the way through the movie, you're like... 
I haven't seen this. <laughs> I definitely haven't seen this. <laughs> I don't know what I was confusing it with. Like, I definitely remember seeing the trailer a hundred times in 1997, 98, whenever. So, like, bits of the trailer are burned into my brain, but I have it completely confused with something else. In my mind, the bad guy was like blackness like I'd like it's like a shadow that could come attack you kind of thing so kind of something that I was expecting because that's all, 100% <laughs> on me and I'm sorry no but based on the title I did not know we were getting a HP Lovecrafty yeah. the thing-esque oh yeah type beastie boo what the fuck is the fan we, I, <laughs> we will get into it because I'm pretty sure it's giant mosquitoes and also leave Schreiber. <laughs> what is okay? Yeah. So I yeah I was expecting some paranormal thing and kind of how this movie unfolds, which is likely why it only has a 13% rating. It is a very slow opening. It is very drawn out, and it's kind of like, uh, what could it be? What's happening to this town? Everyone's gone. My car doesn't work all of a sudden. Why is this guy dead on the floor of my hospital practice? And more concerns. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it oddly does not feel like a the kind of movie where like, oh shit, stuff just starts happening right away. Stuff does not start happening until uh, eighty minutes into this movie. I dis- I disagree. <laughs> stuff starts happening right away. It just doesn't feel like that. It just doesn't have the oomph of like, oh fuck, like you don't buy into the mystery of it because like, yeah, a whole town. Is, is dead and gone and disappeared. That sounds like it should be a great, like, holy shit, what's happened? Like, well, I'm getting launched into this fucking movie, pedal to the metal, as soon as the credits roll. <laughs> the whole time I was like, so how is this going to be ghosts? <laughs> the yeah. whole time. And then they found that, pa- that pile of metal with the pacemaker in it, and I was like, Yo, but the- how is it going to be ghosts? <laughs> I want to come back to that pile of metal at some point. There's several piles of metal. There's a lot. Leaf Shriver is a deputy. Our lead, our lead yeah. characters, uh, Rose McGowan and her sister, <laughs> um, who I don't quite, I don't quite understand them at all. Okay, so Rose McGowan, her character's name is Lisa. Okay, is going to stay with her sister, and her sister has a for an undetermined amount of time to get away from New York because she knows how to load a shotgun. <laughs> It's not like, but she's not the one who decided to come stay with her sister. You'd almost think that her sister kidnapped her. It's unimportant. Apparently. So, yes. So her sister is Jennifer Paley, MD, who has a local practice Mm -hmm. and knows a lot about biology and microbiomes <laughs> and but she's basically really well versed in in every sciencey related thing that has to do with this movie. You need somebody. Can't can't all you can't put it all on the shoulders of Peter O'Toole. True. P.S. Peter O'Toole is in this fucking movie. He's not really like a big guy for us because he's not like he's he's not horror royalty, but he's like top tier Hollywood acting royalty. Okay. He had the the accent of top tier Hollywood a- acting royalty. Oh, that's that fake English oh, accent. Oh, yes. I I think we are about to die. I love that accent. <laughs> that accent is like, "I pretend I have an education." That's the or at least I I tell everyone I'm better than them with this subtle accent. But I think the film's trying to play into that a little bit too because he's 
essentially like head a tabloid of, writer head of the ufo inquirer like is bigfoot real find out why <laughs> yeah that's that, that's exactly what he does but apparently he's also i was born to study the biology of a thing no one understands <laughs> just put me in front of some test tubes and a beaker and leave me be <laughs> Before we get into like the monster at the core, we haven't fucking got into anything. That's what I'm. I'm taking us back to (laughs) to the reason why we're all here Uh to figure out what's the deal with Leif Schreiber in this movie. I I don't know. I honestly thought that we would get a better understanding of his deal the second time we watched it. Yeah, (laughs) all of the questions I had, I was like, man, I didn't pay attention at all during that first screening. I I just missed everything. Uh, None of those questions are answered on a second rewatch. It's like, I, I still don't know what's up with him, what's up with Peter O'Toole. Yeah, so the first time we watched this, halfway through the movie, we've been dealing with Lee Schreiber being kind of a sleazeball, and you're just like, okay, he's getting possessed. Whatever this is, it's possessing him. It's, yeah, it's it's gotten him before the movie started. And and he's just, he's getting possessed. But Not he's, true. he's one, he's an ass the whole time. He's really into and dead two, bodies. And two, he dies really fucking quickly. Like, evil moth mosquito breaks in to where the place they're holed up and eats his face. And then that's just it and for Lee Schreiber. And his brains out. Yeah. yeah. But he is the equivalent of the end of The Shining, Jack Torrance, the whole way through the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's as got he smarmy smiles. He's molesting corpses. He yeah. definitely is about to molest Rose McGowan. It, it, it It's... Weird. Like, and there's he's no. Doing a, he's doing a great job. He, oh yeah, he's he awesome. He plays creep very well. Love it. <laughs> but Ben Affleck, the reaction from Ben Affleck is that this is weird and out of character. No, but Ben Affleck kind of like I swear at one point he's like, "What are you doing?" Because he's alone in a room with a female corpse and is definitely way too close to her. Yeah, and he's like. You're checking for evidence. He's giving him the he's giving the benefit of the doubt. He knows that he's fucking weird. He, in my mind, Ben Affleck's like, I gotta get rid of this fucking guy. But right now, I kind of need all hands on deck. Like, there's, I can't, I can't do this without him. Unfortunately, uh, and we're gonna, we're just, we're just gonna put a pin in this and deal with <laughs> this weird behavior once everything's all said and done. The, like the dynamic between them, you'd think Ben Affleck is the new sheriff. Like this is his first day in town. They're giving him a tour around like hey let me show you around I still assume that he's a baby that's the problem <laughs> I feel like they handed him a sheriff badge graduating high school <laughs> maybe they cut it maybe 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 that is true that he is new to town he's showing up this is his first fucking day uh, because he's he's had to leave the city because he accidentally killed a kid and it's haunted him forever. And he even keeps a fucking photo of the kid in his pocket to remind himself of how terrible of a person he is. Yeah, and I, I was kind of making my own headcanon as we watched it. I assumed he was a sheriff for, like, the district over. They weren't getting any responses from the local police. Oh, and he police. came to come check. Yeah, and wow. so, like, they're local but not local local because there's this feeling of exploring in, in the whole beginning half of the film. Yeah, and he's the sheriff. He we, should fucking... No, yeah, we feel right? like everything is foreign to us and them. But it's his deputy who they find dead in the sheriff's station when they go looking for the police at the beginning mm, of the I'm movie. I'm just still going to follow my headcanon. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's, <laughs> a, it's, it's, it's a Weinstein production, so there's a pretty good chance they cut the shit out of it in post-production. There are chunks of this movie where you can tell that Peter O'Toole had a whole lines of dialogue that they reduced down to one word. <laughs> 
There's a fucking, there's a moment in this movie where the big monster uh, has revealed itself and they're trying to shoot it with a solution that they think is going to kill it, like a new bacteria. We'll get into that. We'll 100% get into that, but there's, they just cut to Peter O'Toole and he goes, infected. That's it. That's all. <laughs> there's, there's no way that that's the only word that he said. Infected. They just, they edited a whole speech out and just kept the one word. It's so weird too because the beginning is so slow. Super slow, but that's because there's nobody around. Like, there's a yeah. bit of a mystery. Like, what? who's killed everybody in the yeah, town? Yeah, it's slow. I'm not saying it's bad. Like, there's a really great moment when they end up in... Like a bakery, and there's just a pair of just hands. Just a pair of fucking like this, <laughs> with a rolling pin. Oh my god! So yeah, like the, I still don't understand the logic of that with the monster. No, don't get it at all. <laughs> in the first house, we just see that like there's a kettle going. Like oh, somebody was in the middle of making tea when they died suddenly, and oh, this cop was halfway through a donut when he keeled over. And then yeah, by the time we get to a bakery, it's like this per like, these hands were rolling dough. <laughs> and then the oven beeps, and they're like, oh god, I hope it's not a head in there. <laughs> And then there's a big delay, and they there's several tension-filled yeah. open pies inside, and we're like ha 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 ha, and then heads fall down from somewhere inside where, the oven. Where were those heads? They they're not burned, they're not singed, they're just like what is the logic of that, that fucking monster though? Is just like he 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 Easter egg hunt hiding those eggs? Yeah, why did it do that? Why there's no there <laughs> it doesn't no make reason. any sense why it would do that. Yeah, and based on the ending of the movie, spoiler alert, it's a petroleum based ancient being. Why is it keeping random assortments of bodies? Don't get it. Because it leaves a small trail of... Bre- oh, it's a trail of breadcrumbs. Crumbs. Crumbs. You think so? Yes. For Dr. Flight or whatever. You, you want to just do that one more Dr. time? Dr. Flight. You want to just... Oh, it's a trail of breadcrumbs real quick. <laughs> oh, it's a trail of breadcrumbs. Okay. You know, to get, like, uh, Dr. Flight in town. Because... Okay, so... <laughs> I don't buy it. So the, this petroleum-based ancient being uh-huh. who is haunting... It sounds haunting great when you say it like that. Who is haunting this town Uh has decided that it is God because it ate so many people. It learned about God and it was like, that's me. Oh, you (laughs) think? Wow, there's a lot going on. And then also somebody in town was a fan of Dr. Flight who wrote these crazy Bigfoot stories Mm -hmm. and convinces Rose McGowan and her sister and their small toe of police officers Mm -hmm. to call Dr. Flight to the town so that he can write the gospel. Okay, yeah. There's a mirror that somebody's written in lipstick. The monster. It's determined it's the monster. Yeah, it's the ancient evil. Is that what it is? Or the ancient Petroleum-based ancient being. No, the, the, I'm telling you, these are the words written on the mirror. Oh, it I'm says, Dr. Flight, the ancient demon, or ancient evil, something like that. The ancient monster. And then, yeah, one, two, skip a few. They decide, like, we got to get this Dr. Flight. The FBI seems to already be on it. They pick him up. They bring him in. And And the whole, like, mobile lab, too, is very efficient. Yeah, it's pretty great. When he shows up, the monster's all like, aha, you're here. Sorry, that's my Peter O'Toole voice. I need a a monster (laughs) voice like, aha, you're here. My evil plan has come to fruition. (laughs) You will write my gospel, for I am God. And, like, that... Is a cool idea. Yeah, no, I think it's fucking dope. I it's really weird here. because the whole time I was like, so where are the ghosts? Uh, and the disembodied hands and stuff. Like, it was setting me up for some something paranormal. And I guess in petroleum-based 
ancient being is kind of paranormal, but it's also kind of mathy and kind of sciencey. <laughs> I mean, I like math and science. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. But, uh, so we're, we're doing a lot of like, uh, this and uh, that, oh, no, blah, I... <laughs> blah, blah. There are, there are some genuine moments of brilliance in this movie. One is just like the, the nature of the monster. Yeah, it thinks. No, I think the monster is fucking fantastic. Yeah, it's a cross between Pennywise the Clown and the monster from The Thing. The Thing from The Thing. <laughs> it 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 is sort of like tentacly. It takes over people. It's actually maybe even like yeah, you're throwing a little bit of the body snatchers from invasion of the body snatchers in there a little bit because yeah, it's it's taking over every human being on the planet. And in a fucking throwaway piece of dialogue, it operates like flatworms who. Uh, you know, if you teach, you can put a, f- man, fuck, okay, I basically just have to recite this whole fucking scene. You do, but it's very interesting. You put a flatworm in a maze, the flatworm figures out how to get through the maze. You grind up those flatworms, feed them to other flatworms who are apparently okay eating ground up flatworms, and then they know how to go through the maze on the first try, because they, they pull information from the flesh. So, I was very intrigued by this data. Uh, being presented in the film and so i looked it up is is an actual study Mm -hmm. and inconclusive (laughs) yeah i mean something that they have proven and and this isn't with flatworms but i think it's just with species in general that there's like memory stores in your dna for things that your ancestors went through Mm -hmm. so like if your grandma went through a, a famine during the depression you're and like whatever age she was at like say she was 18 her daughter is more likely to be overweight in that age because there's like this dna memory of there being a shortage of calories and nutrition and so her body will do the opposite thing that her metabolism at that age should normally do Mm -hmm. and function well and try to store those resources because it's anticipating a famine that's a hundred years old. I, I've also heard Which that, is fucking crazy. Yeah, that's that's why cool. isn't there a horror movie about that? I don't know how you can make a horror movie about that. <laughs> I've also heard that uh, you know, if your ancient ancestors died, a lot of them died. <laughs> died by bear, you're gonna be afraid of bears. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Or like by by spiders or just falling off of cliffs or something that like, yeah, you you might be more inclined to have a fear of heights. I think that is all maybe kind of bullshit. I think that's bullshit because you're talking about stuff that happens after the, the child is born. I'm talking about stuff that would happen before the child is born. So the DNA is imprinted with whatever this information is and then is sent along. Whereas if they die falling off a cliff, how is their kid going to be afraid of it? Guys, honestly. Maybe witnessing. All of the, <laughs> all of the cool science stuff, and I don't mean to bring the room down because I love an anecdote. Ooh, boy, do I love an anecdote. Uh, I think it's all just us looking for patterns and chaos, and we're coming up with cool stories oh, yeah, in that like, chaos. We're talking about Jesus and the toast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the monster is a great idea, though. 
Uh, that that it when it eats people, it learns everything that they knew. Yeah, and so it's like downloading data. It's AI gone wrong, but it's biological AI. Yeah, and they say like, oh, so it knows everything that that scares us and everything we're afraid of. And it's like, oh shit, this movie's gonna be so rad. But by the time we get to the third act, it doesn't use any of that. It never ever pulls except it uses dogs against us because it's like ah, these fuckers these fucks like dogs <laughs> they do yeah like that's how it, it pretty much attacks everybody that it can't get near like it just like just send send in the dogs <laughs> and they didn't even send a clean like presentable looking dog just the grossest dog they could think of no conditions on wh- on when the dog should show up either like we just got into a gun battle with a fucking monster in a sewer that we couldn't see but there's a dog here so let's all take a minute to pet it <laughs> Uh, that is one of the greatest special effects moments of the movie, though. Oh my god, yeah! Like this is this is like the pure horror moment of Phantom. I really did not enjoy like in my stomach Ooh. when the fur was all rumbly okay. and it was pulsating and growing and like figuring out how to not be a dog anymore under yeah, the yeah, skin. Yeah. My stomach was like, Ooh. that's funny. <laughs> Uh, Made me nauseous. <laughs> I was just ready to hoot and holler. Like, it's fucking like spine rips out. And becomes like a worm. <laughs> becomes like this weird, sort of like black, gross worm that just eats pro- faces. Yeah, just like projectiles into these people's like spacesuits. Uh, it just like busts in. Uh, it kind of looks like it's like injecting a bunch of goo into them. It does. <laughs> yeah, and it just uh, it wipes out a whole unit. It's so fucking rad. And they look amazing once they're like turned and evil because you just have these like shattered astronaut masks and you can't see the face behind it. Like they're just blacked out, soulless monster things standing around. Looked amazing. Oh yeah, looks so cool. And they're in a church, so it's just like oh mm, yeah, extra this is an interesting extra setting. Extra rad. <laughs> it, they they look like nightmare sequence versions of the astronauts that show up in ET. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know that like didn't fuck you up as a kid, but as a kid, I was like so scared, which is great because now that I'm an adult and I hate the government, it totally works. <laughs> <laughs> but or you know, if you're a huge comic nerd, they look like those creepy guys on the cover of Grant Morrison's Nameless. It looks exactly like that. Uh, Kim, it's very similar to Event Horizon. You can pretend it doesn't exist. <laughs> hmm? Hmm. <laughs> the next cool scene, which is this is. This is where having a uh, long-form fiction author adapt his own screenplay becomes kind of interesting because the very next scene, kind of a very similar happens with the main general who becomes a thing himself and and just relays more of this dialogue from the monster. Even though we kind of just had that reveal a a couple seconds ago, you're like, hmm. It's a hat on a hat, but it's a good hat. Oh, it's great. So he... (laughs) Pulls a shattered piece of glass, a huge piece of glass. Impossibly large. Out of his mouth from his mask and basically spits his DNA on it that turns into a gecko. (laughs) And he gives that to Dr. Flight to study. to Study my flesh. Write my gospel. I'm still trying to do a Peter O'Toole voice. Are, why? No, but that's the monster. Yeah, I, I I know, but I can't. For some reason, I guess the monster is also like smarmy and smarter than everybody. What I don't understand, purely beyond the fact that they're the heroes, is why the entity keeps 
the Doctor, Rose McGowan, and Ben Affleck alive. I am so glad you asked this. There is zero reason for them to be there. Yeah, and once Doctor Flight shows op- up, yeah, yeah, there's plenty of opportunity. The dog appears again and is just like supervising Ben Affleck as Who's, he goes like to- going to like steal weapons. They're just like we can kill it, and he's like, okay, I'm gonna go get the tranquilizer gun from the other truck, and it watches him, and it follows him, and it threatens him a little bit, but then at no point does it stop him. Why do they need him? No, they don't. They just need this Doctor Flight dude. Yeah. Everybody, yeah, no, I don't understand. Keeping five other people around him is just like, let him have some friends, I guess. <laughs> Can't have him going crazy writing my, my gospel. So do you think he's, you don't, oh man, it's hard to say whether he's a god. And that's that's kind of one of the more interesting things about the movie, I think, because it doesn't really matter whether he is a god or whether he just it's thinks he is. It's tough to be a god. <laughs> Sorry, that's from El Dorado. <laughs> I think... It's not a god because they're able to, um, quote unquote, kill it um, by using its own arrogance against it. Because Dr. Flight then... Like Satan. <laughs> Dr. Flight pretends that uh, he's on the side of the monster and he reveals their plan to the monster. Like, yo, my friends think that they can kill you. Can you believe that? <laughs> you know what you should do? Show them how cool you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bet I bet they'll be in their little pants if you show them how big you are. And then the monster comes out of the sewer and is like, look how big I am. <laughs> and then they shoot it and he's like, oh, God. Were you a little disappointed by the, the look of the big old monster? I was initially, but then when they started shooting it and the bullet tranquilizer, whatever it was, was going into it. It was compiled of a bunch of bodies, like this moving form of human souls. That's another thing that I think sounds great in your head when you're reading it in a book, but just like didn't 100% That's work. That's just because 1998 CGI wasn't there, but okay. I, I see it. I can I can embrace what they have achieved. There were, yeah, like there's definitely some great moments leading up to that where he's, Peter O'Toole is delivering all of these like super serious, super ominous lines of dialogue to an empty city street. Like he's just standing in the road and there's no one there and he's shouting at an empty world. And then people just start showing up. It's like he blinks and like, bam, there's a hundred people there. And then he blinks again and like, bam, there's another like 200. And like, you can't see any of their faces. They all look spooky. It's great. Uh, when they're together in that mass, like, I love the concept of that and all, but yeah, you're right, it's, uh, okay, well, if I, if it's it's just 1998 CGI, we can't get around that, great idea, good work, The guys. moth thing is what really threw me off, like, what the, the fuck is that The thing? first beast we see is straight out of Stephen King's The Mist, like yeah. a giant-ass mosquito. I'm glad we glossed over it when you first brought it up, because we really had to establish the idea that it can be anything that mm-hmm. people can think of. It's like, you thought of it, therefore I am. Uh, and I don't know who the fuck was thinking of like a big, big weird sort of like half-metal Maybe they just watched Jurassic bug. Park or something, and they were thinking about it when he ate them. I don't know. Yeah, Seems a little limiting, if you ask me, uh, to call yourself a god, but you can only become the form of things that other people have thought of. Yeah, but if if a god doesn't have anybody to worship it, like Ooh, if a tree falls in the shit, forest, damn. like God needs humans because- oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Right? This is like Freddy Krueger, right? Where it's like, I take back all the power I gave And he's like, no, you guys got to be scared of me. (laughs) Don't make me get Jason. Be scared. (laughs) Uh, So I have a question for you. Yeah. And I wanted to try to wait till the end. Mm -hmm. Just to see if we kind of talked about it naturally, but we did not. Okay. 
Do you think this beast, this petroleum-based ancient being, uh-huh. eats humans purely to absorb their knowledge, or do you think um, hum- humans are its diet? I think we're we're dealing with a mad cow situation here. I think that everything was cool before it started eating humans. I think eating humans is maybe a new thing to it, and but if it's not. Plan so if if it's planning to be a god now, and it wants flight to make sure the world is aware so that it can worship him or whatever, mm-hmm. he wouldn't necessarily need to do that step if his plan was just to move on from this town and eat up humanity. No, a hundred percent, it doesn't make sense because he could just wander around. Eating Which makes everybody. me wonder if maybe it doesn't need to eat people at all, and it just ate people enough that it could be smarter than the average bear. Well, yeah, it's. I, I think its true form is liquid. I think it's supposed to be. I, I think that's why it's petroleum based. I think it's, is God a liquid, a solid, or a gas? <laughs> <laughs> There's a throw. So yeah, so I think it's. I think it's like a like a liquid. And Peter O'Toole had mentioned that it can basically just like eat bacteria and other living organisms through soil. The way the way a a whale will sift through the sea for krill. Uh, I think is the actual line. I remember everything Peter O'Toole said. I know. <laughs> I don't it's, know why. It's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think it needed to eat humans ever. Like I think there was enough smaller plankton, plankton life forms <laughs> for it to just sort of like skim off the top before ever getting greedy and eating a human being. Mm-hmm. And it just made that step because it could. And yeah, it's continuing to eat even though it doesn't need to. Uh, because it's it's in its frenzy mode, right? So it's like at the buffet and it's unbuttoned its pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like he could have gone home hours ago, but that's not why you come to an all-you-can-eat buffet. <laughs> okay, so apart from the disembodied hand, bakery hands, yeah. uh, what's your favorite thing about this movie? Leaf Shriver. Leaf Shriver saying, you want to see something? 18 times. 18 times. Eight, he says it, I don't know, four times before he dies. And he then, says, then it's his catchphrase as an evil entity. Yeah, there's no way it wasn't in the trailer, right? Like, hands down. I don't know why we don't watch the trailer before we talk about the fucking movie. It's, it's literally playing right ahead of us talking about the movie. But surely to God, the last line of the trailer is Leaf Shriver looking dead right into the camera going, you want to see something? <laughs> Uh, My favorite thing is how long Rose McGowan wears a giant black hat. Never takes it off. Yeah, only at the very end, I believe, is she not wearing that hat. It must have been freezing where they filmed. It looked cold. My 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 second favorite thing is is just Leaf Shriver in the very end of the movie. He is insane, uh, absolutely unhinged in the end of this movie. Just chewing scenery left, right, and center. Uh, the the second last time he says, "You want to see something?" Like he's already like down. They've shot him. He's the bad guy. He's he like hurts. a puddle of Lee Shrivers. <laughs> he's got no legs. He's like, "You want to see something?" And then, blam! Fucking tentacles start shooting out of his legs and shit. And he's like crawling along the floor. He goes. How low can you go? And fucking just like limbos underneath a piece of debris that just happens to be there. Like no reason for it. He's just like, fuck it. I'm loving life. I'm evil. I'm a god. And you're going to be part of me Had soon. no fear, even though it's already being eaten by bacteria, isn't it? 90% of it's dead. 90%. It's like, so you mean to tell me if we shoot this thing, it's going to kill all of it? And Peter O'Toole's like, yes, unless of course there's It has a, a Leaf Shriver nucleus. Yes, if the, the Leaf Shriver protocol. 
plan leaf. <laughs> Where it can, yeah, like the nucleus can just like shoot off and like a little tiny bit of it can go away and live Well, on especially because it can create, and th- so I think the phantoms are the little things it sends off that are not part of the main being. So the dog is a phantom. So the dog, Lee Schreiber, the mosquito. All the people with All the, the people with their mouths see. open. Fuck yeah. Um, which, doesn't that prove that the ending isn't possible? Because if it's able to shoot off these little beings that can be fully functional separate beings, I guess maybe they're like the hive is in one spot and they're not, they don't have like the brain and the. Yeah, no, Lee Shriver at the end of the movie is 100% because surprise, he makes it out. He goes to another diner right before the credits, sees some normal people. You think he's dead and he's like, hey, you guys want to see some? Uh, he is completely separate. I think, you know, once once it's detached from the the full entity. Uh, if you attack one part of it, you're attacking the whole thing, except Leaf Shriver. Because he's the nucleus. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't make any sense. But Not I, at all. But I buy it. Doesn't make any goddamn sense. There's a scene in this movie where Peter O'Toole says, This thing killed the fucking dinosaurs, and I think they were pretty rough customers. <laughs> so... The tabloid journalist is saying that an asteroid never hit the Earth. It was, unless, unless the God thing was on the asteroid, and that's how it came to Earth. And it wasn't the big boom that killed all the dinosaurs, it was just this liquidy thing that ate them all. Okay, John, what is your rating of phantoms? Phantoms. Is it phantoms or phantom? Phantoms. Yeah, Phantoms. Dean Koontz, so the title is Phantoms, but the whole ass title on that you get with the plainest, most boring font in the fucking world. No, I love a 90s title card. Dean Koontz's Phantoms. It's so TV movie. No, I love it. Uh, Over like a sprawling hill? Yeah, buy it. Phantoms, I'm given a 2.5 out of 4. But it's it is a it is a four on the Shriver scale. I I agree with you. It's definitely a two point five quality. I'm gonna give it a three out of four. That's fine. It's fun. Yeah, it's got some great ideas and whatnot. But like it does this doesn't like mesh well together for me as a movie. Fun is not exactly how I'd describe a lot of it. Uh, yeah. Funky. I like funky. Funky, funky, funky I can settle on. <laughs> this movie's got this fan this phantom's got a funk. <laughs> I I fucking love the the theory though of this beast thing and that it, it ends up being this like earthly being that has like just evolved to kill us because surely that's the way we're gonna go, right? A superbug. And this is just a slightly paranormal superbug. I mean if we don't blow ourselves up first. Don't you think it's gonna be a godlike superbug? <laughs> You mean to tell me I either got to start praying to nuclear weapons or a god that might eat it, like a hive monster god? <laughs> like an okay. amoeba that just got really big. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, uh, it seems like a bug. Not, this movie's not about a bug. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, like having gone through COVID and whatnot, yeah, it seems like 100% likelihood that it's going to be a bug. That's very true. Watching this in a post-COVID, in a still COVID world. You can say that about any movie. It, I know, but this one's specifically about something of this planet that grows so smart. It's like, fuck you guys. Yeah. Once you get opposable thumbs or can create opposable thumbs based on the things you've eaten, mm-hmm. you're you're pretty much the top of the food chain. And Where if do you, you go from there? And if you're smarter than humans who already think they're gods, then you, therefore, are probably going to think you're a god. Yeah, you do the next natural step that all humans do and you create your own cult. 
But that is just our opinion of Phantoms. Let us know if you've seen this late 90s gem that we hadn't even heard of ourselves. You can tweet at us at NOFS Podcast or find us in our Discord at nofspodcast.com slash Discord. Nightmare on Film Street is a labor of love and terror, uh, and we would absolutely love your support. Head over to nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub to check out all of the bonus content that's available to you as a Fiend Club member. We wouldn't be able to do the show without your support, and all of those bonus episodes are just little perks and gifts from us as a thank you for being such a cool fiend. You can join us in the Fiend Club at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub. Until next time, I'm Kim. I'm John. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive, but we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.